Hi, everybody, and welcome to The Veterinary Optimist. I'm your host, Jennifer Evans. Yes, I know that we're actually on a break between season one and season two, but it's more like a Ross and Rachel break, so I guess it's not like a real break at all. Either way, we wanted to make sure that we were still getting content to you during this time. So today will actually look just a little different. These next few weeks, we will share some optimistic insights from the inspiring stories of season one guest. Today, we're focusing on overcoming adversities. Join me as we take a look back at some of the adversities our guests have had to overcome. In our first clip, we will go back to episode two with Ryan, a dear friend of mine and an LBT who is about to graduate as a DVM. In her episode, she talks about overcoming a tragic time in her life where she found out that her new husband had been severely injured by an IED in Afghanistan. Ryan talks about how she knew that it was important to focus on getting her LVT so that she could better support her family during this difficult time of recovery for her husband. Side note, Gary, thank you for your service. We are very appreciative, not only for you, but anybody else that has served this country. Let's look back. I stayed in clinic probably for about a year and a half. Um, I got reacquainted with my husband. Uh, we went to high school together and I knew him from high school, like weren't high school sweethearts or anything. Uh, but we got reacquainted and we got married and I was 19. I was super young, um, moved up to upstate New York. And a few months after we got married, he was deployed to Afghanistan and he got hurt. And it was, it's still awful you know to think about like this is the person that I'm supposed to spend the rest of my life with um and so I knew like I had to be there to support him and and I knew at some point I needed to go back to school and I found a way to take my love of medicine um and the veterinary industry and I just googled like vet tech programs (laughs) because like I said uh oh actually I didn't say this, but my parents were military and either of them had a college education. So college education was like super important for my parents. Um, And so I was like, hey, like I found this school. I can go to school to become a licensed veterinary technician and I can combine, you know, what you guys have expectations for me for my life um, and combine what I love doing. I love being a technician, love being in the clinic and then also being able to support my family. So that's how it all started. Brian, you know what I really love about this? There's so many times when we are in in our careers, in life in general, and things come up that are unexpected. For you, you were faced with a catastrophic event. I mean, Barry wasn't just injured. He was massively hurt. He was struck by an IUD. I mean, there are many things that, that we can call adversities, but you faced some really tough stuff. And in the, in the face of that, you turned inward and, and, and made something beautiful out of it, you know, like, because you went in and and got this, this LVT to serve this path so that you could serve your family. And a lot of us can get in a situation where something like something a lot more basic can stop us from following our dreams. And you didn't allow that to happen to you. And not only that, you allowed that LBT to carry you so many different places. Ugh, that episode gets me every time. You can hear the pain in her voice when she talks about that part of her journey. Ryan, I know I say it all the time, but I'm going to say it again right now. I'm proud of you, and I admire your ability to face hard moments with a smile and a great sense of humor. Not as punny as me, 
but you are definitely up there. Just joking. Anyways, let's switch gears a little bit. Next up, we will go back to episode three to hear from Dr. Sarah Hilliard, a veterinarian from Pet Vet 365 in the Denver area. Sarah struggled like so many others with her mental health during her journey to becoming a DVM and practicing full-time after graduating. Join us as we hear more about the light at the end of the tunnel as she shares about finding her way back to practicing medicine and hospital ownership after taking some time away to work in industry and focus on her mental well-being. Yeah, absolutely. So one of the um, cool projects I was a part of with Zoetis um, was a sort of present educational presentation on helping educate veterinarians on why compassion fatigue and burnout occur. And, you know, as you mentioned uh, just a minute ago, um, I really made a shift during my time with Zoetis with the support of some really amazing people from shame to empowerment when it came to my story. And when I started telling my story about that day at Ohio State and sitting on the floor and being in the psychiatric hospital and thinking about leaving the profession and all of those things, right? Suddenly, when I started talking about it, it gave it less power, right? And there was a really amazing thing that happened. I was, I was telling the story to give it less, less power, but in telling the story, I feel as though I've been able to connect with so many people on such a deep level because when I tell my story, people see glimpses of themselves in it, right? And if I had someone tell me that they were struggling or that they thought these things, right, when I was going through my struggles, I often wonder what impact would that have had on me, right? And I don't want to take any of it back or, or pretend it was different because it's brought me to where I am today. But I'm so grateful that I have been able to tell my story um, in, in different ways and different venues. And I so appreciate this opportunity too. Um, and I think it's only gonna grow from here because we need to start telling these stories so we feel less alone, right? And so this became a huge passion of mine and, and most of my Zoetis colleagues know my story and kind of this is something I would um, talk about during my CE dinners and always kind of pull this in, right? And um, the further along I got in this journey, the more I started asking myself, gosh, if I was in practice today, how would that be different? Right? And it was a very, very, very scary thought because it kind of felt like, well, why would I throw myself back into that lion's den, right, that I, that I finally escaped from? And that's really kind of how I considered clinical practice, right? Um, I had finally escaped and found this amazing position, so why would I go back? Um, but as, you know, serendipity um, works, uh, around this time where I was just having sort of some soul searching, two very dear friends of mine who are also veterinarians um, started a veterinary clinic uh, in North, northern Kentucky um, with a lot of the concepts that we've been talking about, right? Like, um, how do we make veterinary medicine a safer place um, while still meeting the needs of the modern pet owner, right? And just like, you know, when I tell my story and we find people that, that connect with it, when you find people who are trying to do what you're trying to do and, and just click with you and sort of have that same base why we do things, it can make a huge, huge impact on you. And so as I watched them sort of grow this practice um, with concepts like fear-free medicine, right, for the patients, but also for the doctors that are, that are working in the hospitals, um, reasonable work hours, right? A strong focus on well-being, 
talking about mental health, talking about the crisis in veterinary medicine, right? Um, I was really inspired. And I had grown so much. And I thought, gosh, if not me, who? And if not now, when? And I used that mantra almost every single day until I finally made the decision to join this amazing small hospital group um, and bring uh, a new hospital to the Denver area as one of the local leaders. Oof, that just takes me right back to making that episode with her. And I just, I really want to take a minute to remind everybody that this is only a snippet of her beautiful story and the growth that she went through to get to where she is now. I'm even going to take this moment to make a call out. With September being Suicide Awareness Month, it is vital that I remind all of the incredible veterinarians and support staff for that matter out there that feel like there is no way out. I promise you there is. There are so many avenues to continue to serve in veterinary medicine without practicing in clinic. Please, if you ever feel alone or like there is no way out, find somebody to talk to. Heck, you can call me if you need to. And definitely re-listen to episode three, where Sarah talks about all of the different things that she did to get herself back to a place of feeling strong enough of practicing in clinic again. Let's switch gears and hear from Dr. Gary Nordsworthy. In his episode, episode six, we discuss his journey to becoming a leading feline specialist located in the San Antonio area. With Dr. Norsworthy graduating in 1972, he was told not only by his peers, but by his professors that he was crazy for wanting to work with cats, but that didn't stop him. Let's tune in, right meow, as we hear more about his early part of his career. Um, There was almost no research done on feline diseases until the leukemia virus. Now, that was significant because the leukemia virus had the potential, at least we thought, that it might affect people. Therefore, that got the research dollars. And so the government poured lots of dollars into understanding and investigating the concept of could the feline leukemia virus cause leukemia in people? Mm. Obviously it didn't, fortunately. Right. Right. But that is what woke everybody up to the cat as a real species. And I've, I've said many times, I think the feline leukemia virus was the best thing that happened to the cat. Stop it. What an incredible story. I had no, I, I mean, I guess I, I mean, I guess we realize that disease kind of is discovered and starts somewhere, but for you to be on the ground level of that and get to experience it, that, and to hear your take on it as it being, something that changed the trajectory of that common household cat. I mean, that is, that's amazing. It was, it was amazing. And I, 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 uh, I mean, I was just a kid right out of school, two years, three years out of school. And it frustrated me because I would lecture on this disease and everybody was like, what are you talking about? And there was this, well, where's the references? There was no article in the veterinary literature about the feline leukemia virus. I wrote the first articles about the feline leukemia virus, and there was, it was actually a four-article series where we talked about the virus, and we talked the neo, about the neoplastic diseases, 
and we talked about the non-neoplastic diseases and and people read these articles and they were like wow this makes sense because we see all of this stuff we just didn't put it together dr northworthy i've been following you for i've been in this area for 12 plus years i have been following you for this entire time i've been close to your practice for probably the last year and a half and i am like i'm just now realizing this massive effect that you had on this profession that I love so much. And I didn't know that it went that deep. I'm so grateful that you in that moment decided to go against what everybody was telling you. Every, I bet every single veterinarian that you ran into, every single professor, every single person told you that you were crazy for wanting to be a cat doctor. And then here you are, 48 years later, making some of the most massive moves in vet medicine for these animals that we love so much. That's incredible. I, I'm, I'm kind of shocked right now. And I, and I, I feel like I've done a lot of research on you and I just had no idea. And that was your first couple of years in, in vet med, huh? Yeah. I bet that just solidified the fact that you were never going to be anything but a cat doctor. I was a cat doctor all the way. In my opinion, with Dr. Norsworthy being on the ground level of defining feline leukemia, he got the last lap. Some would say he's probably feline just fine right now, and this clip only scratches the surface of his story. Be sure to look back at episode six to hear the whole thing. Okay, no more cat puns. But I do want to take a moment to thank you for being with me on this journey. Like I was telling P in episode 12, this is all new to me. Even making this episode right here out of clips from previous episodes, it's something I've never done before. So thanks for sticking around. Be sure to like and follow the podcast and share some episodes. It's important to me that I can reach as many as my vet med peeps as possible. I look forward to hanging with you next week and hope you're having an incredible day. Bye.